Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and this month I'm re-releasing all the episodes I made for iHeartMovies on the original Star Wars trilogy, including the holiday special. These weren't Disney when they were made, but I guess they are now, so hopefully you'll enjoy these either way. Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and welcome back to iHeartMovies. Today we're kind of rebooting our Star Wars series with a new co-host, Nikki from Trivial Theater. My friend Hannah and I had started this series earlier this year, but her schedule has gotten a lot busier since we first recorded, so we decided to just occasionally collaborate instead of committing to an entire series. I'm hoping to have her back to talk some anime sometime, since she's probably one of the biggest anime experts I know, but in the meantime, I needed a co-host for this ongoing series about Star Wars, and even though Nikki has made a name for herself talking about obscure and or bad movies, I knew she was a Star Wars fan, so I reached out and was so glad to find out that she was 100% on board. She loves Star Wars and was totally game to take over as co-host for the series. Yeah, it's not her normal internet content, talking about good movies, but it made for a really fun change for us, and I'm sure there'll be plenty of more bad movies for us to talk about in the future, including probably some Star Wars stuff. So to kick off our conversation, I thought it'd be fun just to talk Star Wars in general, talk about our own histories with the franchise, when we became fans, etc., and then, kind of as a bonus, but also it's probably half our conversation, we also talked about some recent Disney Plus Star Wars specials, Star Wars vehicle fly-throughs, and Star Wars biomes, as well as what we might want to see from Disney Plus should they choose to continue making this kind of content. In the next episode, Nikki and I will pick up where Hannah and I left off, and we'll be discussing The Empire Strikes Back. Part of me wanted to go back and redo A New Hope, just so we'd have a complete series with Nikki, but I think in the long run we'll get her thoughts, and it probably just makes more sense to pick up where we left off and keep moving forward. Plus, Empire is Nikki's favorite film in the franchise, so it does seem like the perfect place to start with her. Anyway, I'm getting a bit ahead of myself, that will be next time, so let's kick off our conversation with Nikki talking all about our love of Star Wars. Okay, so the first part that I wanted to do was, like, just talk general Star Wars. Yeah, absolutely. So, when did you first see Star Wars? Well, I actually saw the the original trilogy first, and I saw them backwards. So, like, on, I'm not even sure what the network was, but way back in the days of cable, obviously, there's a still kind of going on, but, um, like, they had them over Christmas. They always aired them over Christmas. Like, that was the one tradition, like, Christmas vacation and Star Wars. I'd sit down and, like, hog the TV to myself for, like, a day and just uh, watch them all back to back. But I saw Return of the Jedi first, and then I saw Empire and then um, uh, the New Hope, or A New Hope, um, because that's just happened, like, they went on a continuous loop. So it was really confusing to see what was going on, <laughs> but was totally enthralled. Like I got to to um, New Hope and I like when Aunt Beru and Uncle Owen died, it's like the way their skeletons looked, I thought that they were robots. And it's like, why are they robots? I don't understand. <laughs> but I've been like a massive Star Wars fan ever since. Like I read the, I, I think they're called extended universe books now. Yeah. Like the ones like, yeah, like I was, I owned all of those at one point and I, yeah. So it's never been a question. I was, have always been a massive fan. I um kind of fell off with some of the newer stuff, but um can still name off a good chunk of stuff for you. So, so when you saw them backwards, I assume you were a kid. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was like, I don't okay. even know how young I was. 
like eight, maybe. I was pretty young. Yeah, I didn't see them until I was a teenager. Probably either 13 or 14. I don't remember. Star Wars was one of those things that was forbidden in our house. We had a lot of forbidden things. Well, that's fair. I mean, every every house, you know, every house has their rules. And I mean, for better or worse, that's, I mean, that's kind of how you're brought up. But no, I could see, like, Mm -hmm. I mean... It's fantasy violence, but I mean, generally speaking, there is a fair amount of violence. I'm not sure which one I started with. It was either A New Hope or Phantom Menace, because at the time that we started watching them, Phantom Menace was out, as well as the original trilogy. Oh, okay. So it was before the the second pre- two prequels had come out. I so I can't remember which one we started with, but we watched... The four that were out, we watched them all together. Because wow. we, we, it was a combination of a family friend that my parents trusted convinced them that they were okay, plus nice. a neighbor of friend of my brother's let us borrow them all. Oh. So it was a combination of those two things happening. And so we watched them like all together. And we love them all like oh, yeah. even even fandom menace like i know a lot of people hate it nowadays <laughs> i don't no, and that's, you <laughs> I, know, I don't even your... hate jar jar so <laughs> no well and i think too like i'm just thinking like if you saw phantom menace and then you saw like the original trilogy like there would be a massive gap in like what the heck is going on you know levels mm-hmm. <laughs> I, think no, I think oh good it part of it it helps that i was interested in star wars before that so i had read some things about it so i kind of knew the gist of what was going on and i knew that the little kid was going to be the bad guy in the new in the old films so i I kind of knew what was going to go on i just (laughs) of course nobody knew what was going to happen between them but I, i knew the basic gist of the story you know i think that was probably one of the biggest like going into the um the prequel trilogy and just like going from anakin as like a sweet little kid to like the destroyer of worlds like Mm -hmm. you can't i couldn't wrap my head around how they were going to move from that to to darth vader but i mean they did it in their own way and i mean it's not the way i would have done it but i mean Mm -hmm. you know to each their own yeah i don't think i had any criticisms (laughs) when i was younger of course i I think a kid is more yeah more open to that i think too like you don't you question stuff and obviously you have your likes and dislikes but i think you're more open to that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. so when you first started watching them where was the franchise like what was out like i know of course uh, the three were out yeah, the only the original trilogy was out when I saw it. So, okay. and I think even the books were a little while off because because I'm slightly old. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember i i didn't I didn't read all of the the books that were out, but I remember going to the library and looking for books because I wanted more Star Wars after we watched the movies. Oh, yeah. And I I don't remember a whole lot of what I read, but I know I did read a bunch of things because the oh, library yeah. did have some of those old books. And it does suck you in like that that need and want just to to expand your knowledge base and to to learn mm-hmm. like that's the one thing that i wish and i know that with movies it's a different scenario because it's there's a lot more money put into it it's like trying to tell comic book tales you have to keep it relatively tight on what you're talking about 
but there's so much I wanted to know about the universe. Like I wanted to mm -hmm. learn more about the empire. I wanted to learn more about the, um, the, the rebellion and they talk about the history of stuff and the clone wars and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And the books provided an outlet of that beyond Skywalker and Solo and, and Emperor. And I wish that they would do, I know they're doing it more now with like the Mandalorian and such, but by and large, you don't get up until recently, you don't really get a lot of that outside of that. And I think that's mm -hmm. um, not to foreshadow, but with the sequel trilogy, I think that's what went wrong was the focus was so tight on, you know, the, the stories of Skywalker and Solo yeah. and Palpatine you lose that the chance to expand out. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's another thing entirely. So, yeah, I think we'll probably get to those eventually, and we can talk about that more in depth. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so, beyond like the books, um, what other Star Wars media have you done? Like, <laughs> do you, did you play any video games or watch any of the shows? Um, I, I'm working my way through the Mandalorian. I, I, I started and then I stopped because life stuff came up. Um, mm -hmm. I have seen the, the Star Wars holiday special a couple of times. <laughs> I still haven't seen that, but I plan to, especially now that I'm doing this series with you. <laughs> oh, oh, it's a thing. It's a thing. I would suggest, since you're in the mindset of the original trilogy, I would suggest like watching it now, just so you get the ins and outs. I mean, Technology-wise, story-wise, that that whole bit, it does mm -hmm. kind of help. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't seen the Ewok. Like there were two Ewok movies, I never saw those. Um, I've seen a lot of the Lego stuff, or the animated stuff that was that put out by Disney. I haven't seen. Um, but uh, so you um, haven't seen Clone Wars? No, I haven't. I need okay. to. It's like yeah. everything else. It's on my list of stuff to do. I just haven't gotten that far yet. Um, I have seen both the other two, uh, Rogue One and Solo, have caught those. Um, I never played any video games, but video games really aren't my bag. I had a couple action figures, and my parents <laughs> got me the Hallmark ornaments every year, so. <laughs> I had a Watto action figure. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I don't know why I had that one specifically, but I didn't have oh, hardly good. any toys from Star Wars, but I had a Watto action figure. Nice. I wonder well, what happened know. to that thing. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> I remember seeing a YouTuber who had like what I would assume to be a life-size Watto or relatively close, like hanging on his wall. Like it was it was 3D. And he had um, anchored it to the wall. And it's just like, that's so weird to have that hanging there. And <laughs> of all the characters from the Star Wars universe, you choose Watto. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even sure why I specifically had Watto, if I chose it, or if maybe one of my brothers got it for me for Christmas. I don't remember. I just know I had a Watto toy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a great claim to fame right there. Not everyone can say that. Now I really am wondering where that thing went. It's probably in a box somewhere, <laughs> hidden away. <laughs> oh, when I was in college, the RA of my of my dorm had, um, like, they obviously have their own little apartments, and he had a wall that was probably, I don't know, like like fifteen feet long of all the original Star Wars, like like toys and stuff. I mean, it's just like it was packed forward, front to back, side to side. Mm. I just like. I'm a Star Wars fan, but I I am more like, oh, I have the experience of this movie or that book. Now, mm -hmm. this guy was like every aspect of it. 
is mm. nuts. Like it's awesome, but it's like wow, that's crazy. I've never had the money to be that kind of fan. Oh, me neither. Plus, <laughs> once you have all that stuff, then it becomes what do you do with it? Yeah, and adjusted <laughs> and all that stuff. So at this point, like the main thing that I collect is DVDs or Blu-rays oh, and yeah. books, and even that, it's like. I like yeah. collecting the stuff, but like we had a flood like 10 years ago, oh, no. like the, the water came up through the basement and like mm -hmm. a ton of stuff got ruined. So now, now I'm kind of in the mindset of, I want to be a minimalist, even though I want all of this stuff. <laughs> so I'm kind of trying to figure out a balance for that. Yeah. Well, and that's always the case, I think. And, and, you know, as you find, you know, as you move along in life, I do think that, you know, you do move towards like, items that mean more like you will always hold that Watto figure close because you know <laughs> if i can Watto find figure. it <laughs> exactly <laughs> i'm sure it's somewhere <laughs> i have faith in you you can do it <laughs> i have a feeling that it probably was packed up when that flood happened and it mm. just never has been unpacked yeah that's a lot of stuff in life it seems like <laughs> so yeah i guess that that's kind of where my I don't know. Like I, 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 I have a good chunk of knowledge, but then you get the folks that are like, "Oh, well, did you see this comic book um, where uh, the emperor takes Luke's severed hand and builds a clone, and he becomes the emperor's right hand man, and and you know he's the dark <laughs> emperor." And I'm just sitting there going, like, because it was referenced in a couple of the expanded universe books, and I'm looking at it going, "I can't find this in any of the books." Then it's like, "Oh, it's in the graphic novel." Where the hell do I find that, you know? <laughs> yeah, there's so much stuff that I want to read, but it's like, some of it's like, how do you even get it? Because it's out of print. Yeah. And yeah, it, there's so much stuff. It's hard to, I mean, it's almost impossible to keep up with it all unless oh, you're yeah. like an extreme fan that's going to purposefully track down every single thing. Right. Well, and some of it, you look at it and it's like, with the expanded universe, it still counts, but it doesn't necessarily count anymore because when Disney took over, that stuff kind of went away a little bit. Mm-hmm. They are trying to do their own expanded universe. Oh, no. And I 100% I get that. You know, you can't... The stories and stuff that they built out, I mean, they built out however many, you know, hundreds of years before um, mm -hmm. New Hope or before the prequel trilogy and they expand out several years after the original trilogy, there's only that kind of limits what you can do if yeah. your characters are okay, Luke is married to Mara Jade and has a kid and you know, Han and Leia have a couple kids and a couple of them are dead and you know and especially for like, I, like I'm not an expert but I've heard that some of the old expanded universe stuff started to contradict other things Oh, I wouldn't so, be surprised. <laughs> it's one of those things where it kind of just makes sense to start with a fresh slate. Oh, yeah. I, I do think that some of the stuff... I don't know. Again, I could... I have. I am very mixed on the sequel trilogy, and that's another story for another day, but mm -hmm. th there were things that were... You could have used some portion or some, some variation on them to tell your own story, but still hold something. Mm -hmm. But again, that's anything. I mean... How many comic book movies can you look at and go, they went in this crazy direction that didn't involve, you know, this major character when it made more it would have made more sense to hold with that because of whatever reason. So, mm -hmm. you know, Star Wars is, it's complicated. You know, there's, there's so much good and there's so much that people love and the nostalgia and everything. 
But in mm -hmm. that same vein, there's so much where you look at it and go, this this part of it is not is not at the heart of what what we're talking about. It it doesn't it doesn't you know reflect what you know what makes Star Wars great. And whether you're talking, I mean, every fandom is has their toxic elements. Some of the story beats are kind of eh. Mm -hmm. You know, everything makes mistakes, and everything has brilliant moments. So you know, where yeah. do you sit? It's one of those things where you have to take the good with the bad, and oh, hundred percent. That's very very true. Yeah, some and, I think some people just don't know how to do that. No, you're absolutely right. They're very they're very much you know if it doesn't fall into this box mm -hmm. or this storyline, then you know it's not worth it. Or it doesn't follow the way I remember it as a kid, or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. But the original trilogy created something amazing, and Empire yeah. is. I mean, it's my. I mean. You know, I know we're probably going to get to it later, but it is far and away my favorite of the of the episodes. I mean, it just, I don't know. It's just, it's got that mix and it, it's it's perfect storm of good stuff. Yeah, I partially agree, but I think my favorite is still Return of the Jedi because I like the happy endings. Oh, yeah. Plus, no, I love everything at Jabba's Palace. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love, I love aliens, like all oh, the no. different creatures. That's like one of my favorite things. And Return of the Jedi is just, like, chock oh, yeah. full of stuff. Oh, it is. It totally is. And there's actually, not to go off on Expanded Universe, but there's a, a, a series of short stories called, I think it's Tales from Jabba's Palace. And then there's also um, Tales of the Bounty Hunters. There's a couple of other, like, short um, anthology books. And they talk to you about all these different characters from... Um, from Jabba's Palace, the the bounty hunters, and then also um, from the Mos Eisley Tavern or the the Cantina, mm. and they're they're amazing. Like they give some cool insights, some behind the scenes stuff. It's just it's a just a cool book, mm -hmm. a cool series of books. That sounds interesting. I probably would like that. Yeah. And yeah, because if you like those characters, especially like there is some cool. Like it's not necessarily what you would expect. They're just very kind of to them tales, but they're really mm -hmm. cool. So. No, but I can see why Jabba's Palace is fascinating and interesting and very cool. Yeah, anything with more creatures than just humans and the basic Star Wars things that everybody knows, it's always, like, my favorite things. That's probably why, um, even you haven't seen Clone Wars, so you don't know anything about it yet, but, like, if I were to pick one piece of Star Wars media to watch, to and it's one of those questions that i hate like you'd never watch the others again mm -hmm. if somebody forced that on me i would pick clone wars because that series it's so good it, there's so many different kinds of stories that they can tell mm -hmm. and so many different places they go different creatures to see it's just i feel like it's the place where star wars is at its most star wars <laughs> that's it's, awesome it's it's so creative one of these days we should like pick out some stuff for you to watch and maybe do a podcast oh, on some of that i am 100 percent game for that and i it's one of those things i've been meaning to watch and i've been told by a couple of people that i need to it's just it's finding the time and and prioritizing it over you know the other dozen or pages of things i have <laughs> <laughs> but agreed yeah. i have heard um anything that has to do with like rebels or clone wars i mean i've mm -hmm. heard they're amazing so there's no doubt yeah, and there it's one of those things, too, that I know a lot of people started both Clone Wars and Rebels and then were like, man, this is for kids, and then 
never finish it. It's they're what they're the they're shows that build. Like oh, yeah. they they start out targeting the younger audience, but keeping enough in there for adults, and then just get darker and darker and better and better. Well, and the best things do you know you have to start simply. Yeah, and especially being it, it was airing on I think one of the Disney like the upper Disney network things, but yeah, you have um, to start. You Rebels have to draw started on Disney either Disney Channel or Disney XD, and mm-hmm. Clone Wars started before Disney bought Star Wars, so it was on Cartoon Network, okay. and then moved. Well, actually, a season one season was aired on Netflix first oh, because wow. Netflix bought the rights and then finished a season when it was unfinished and then disney plus got the final season like resurrected the series nice so yeah it had, it had a long interesting history <laughs> well sometimes the, the ones the series or the movies that are best are the ones that have very interesting behind the scenes it seems like mm. not good but interesting <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of behind-the-scenes stuff, I've, I was going to mention this earlier. There are multiple versions of Star Wars. So, like, oh, yeah. George Lucas has meddled with things after afterwards. So, <laughs> some, some fans are, like, hardcore, only the original trilogy as George Lucas originally made it. Yeah. I have actually never seen the original one with no oh, wow. CGI. I've never had access to it. Like, the oh, one... The one that my my brother's friend let us borrow was the first, I think it was like the 97 re-release, the, one, mm-hmm. the, the first time that there was CGI put into it. And I think the one I own now was the, fir- the most recent Blu-ray right before this Disney bought this, this franchise oh. as a whole. Okay. So I've never had a chance to watch the original. I mean, I suppose I probably could go scouring the dark corners of the internet trying to find it. I'm sure it exists somewhere, but like, there, I've never seen it anywhere. So I don't know that. I don't. Even, I'm sure the library probably had it when I was a kid, but that would have been VHS, and yeah. I think they got rid of all their VHSs at some point. So yeah, I've just never had a chance to watch the original VHSs. That's probably what you saw on TV, wasn't it? Yep, and actually, I trying to think i either owned i don't think i own the vhs the original vhs's but yeah if you wanted to see the the original you'd have to go back to vhs for sure mm, yeah i mean the, the the biggest thing is it's not that well overall big things weren't changed the the mm-hmm. biggest changes were just like you know like adding to most obviously to make it look bigger or um you know the the one thing that was always really strange was Jabba is actually mentioned in A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and originally it was just a dude dressed up like something out of Game of Thrones. Like he had all the furs <laughs> and he's just a big burly guy dressed up. Mm-hmm. Like he looked like a hired, you know, hired, hired muscle type of a guy. Yeah, I think I've and seen some could... behind the scenes pictures of that. Yep, exactly. And the, yeah, when when you get Jabba and that, that CGI has not aged well. Like it yeah. is so bad. <laughs> I mean, Jabba... Of all the stuff that they had, Jabba especially looks atrocious. But it's also the hardest thing to cover. You're going from a guy, you know, that Han Solo has to interact with to, you know, a CGI slug, basically. Mm-hmm. So, what do you do? <laughs> I think they have tried to tweak that a little bit in later releases to make it look 
better than when it originally came out. But I remember oh. when it, because like I said, the first one that I saw was the original 97 one, and it it didn't look, even back then I could tell it didn't look very good. Oh yeah. Well, the way they have Han like walk over Jabba's head, yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh my god. It was, yeah, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't great. But again, with the technology at the time versus now, or even, mm-hmm. you know, when the latest Blu-ray came out, you're going to have a different, a different, you know, a different case. So, so I assume, do you, well, I shouldn't assume, do you own that, the VHS, the, the original? I, I don't, I don't. It's one of those things where I, I own like the silver, I own the silver DVDs. I'm not yeah. sure what version of those were the 97s or later. Um, and I found them someplace, but um, that's the only thing I own as far as like the original trilogy. The rest of them I think I picked up, um, like the the prequel trilogy. Yeah, the prequel trilogy I picked up at Blockbuster, and then um, I don't have I don't have the sequel trilogy. I should pick them up just to be completist, but I haven't yet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I had the the silver of the box set, and then when I got the Blu-rays, I gave those to my brother, and then the the prequels. I don't think they were a set, but I got each of them as they were released when they had the gold. So it yep. was the gold and the silver together. And I gave those to my brother, except for one of them, which I brought to a friend's house and apparently it was lost and no, oh, no. One, no one ever found it again. <laughs> well, and the, the silver and gold sets had the behind the scenes DVDs too. So they had some cool behind the scenes yeah. features. But yeah. I'm sure the Blu-rays probably go balls to the walls on that too. Yeah. Yeah. The Blu-rays, like, I, don't, I can't remember what all's on it, but I know there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff yeah. on there. Well, and you look at you look at Star Wars. I mean, it's going to be an absolute buffet of awesome stuff, regardless of what it yeah. has. I mean, you could be minimal with it and it would still be a lot. Yeah. Just because there has been so much written and so much filmed and so much said on the subject. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could probably take a college course. You could probably get a college degree in Star Wars <laughs> if you wanted, and still, you know, go back for a master's. I wonder if they offer, like, classes in that. I, I know they have, like, literature classes that focus on certain things. I wonder if they have or ever will do, like, a Star Wars-focused Oh, I guarantee something. you someplace. There, there is some cheeky college that has a class, not a major, but a class in Star Wars. <laughs> I guarantee you. If that had been available, I would have taken it. <laughs> oh, me too. Me too. <laughs> well, and it was, I mean, it is a cultural phenomenon i mean i don't what else can you say about it i mean it's something that even if you haven't seen star wars you've been affected by it in some way shape or form you know whether by um legacies ripoffs knowing the lines and not knowing who said it you know Mm -hmm. i have a bad even something as simple as i have a bad feeling about this yeah i mean wow well i was also curious when you watch the originals i'm was it like soon after that they did the updates and did you watch the updates like right away and like what were your thoughts at that point yeah it was kind of close to when the the updates came out because the first update came out in 97 98 i think so So, i think it was 97 so um i was really excited because i actually got to see like the original trilogy in theater like when they re-released them i got to see the original trilogy in theaters and to this day, that is one of those experiences in my life that, like, it drives my love of cinema. Like, you're sitting mm. in a theater, mm-hmm. and my parents had a crappy TV, so, like, you know, the sound <laughs> comes at you from the front. It's not that great. Yeah. To be able to, to to hear that opening, like, you know, you get the um, 
the twentieth century fox, um, you know, stinger, and then all of a sudden you get the da, and it goes into the Star Wars theme. I mm-hmm. mean, oh my god! And then to hear the um, the spaceship or the the star destroyer come in from behind, and then you see it, you hear it, and then it comes over your head, mm. and you see it. Oh my god! It just there was there's nothing. Even if it was a crappy Star Wars movie, <laughs> to see it in theaters, I just. Yeah. Like, I am so grateful to be able to have seen all of them in the theater, you know, regardless of what I thought about them. It just, it changes your perception. Mm-hmm. It is a big screen movie. It's something that was made to be seen. And it, it it's a reason theaters exist is for movies like this. Yeah, definitely. It's one of those things where I appreciate that they're giving people more choices for movies these mm-hmm. days, like how to view them. Right. But for stuff like that, I'm I want the theater. Oh yeah, well, and you need, like, you look at and I don't mean to tangent, but you look at like Avatar or Gravity or movies like that. They're mm-hmm. they're not they're good movies, but the way the effects are laid out, they're made for a big screen. You know, if you can't, mm-hmm. if you don't have an IMAX nearby, it's made for just a normal movie theater. Mm-hmm. You know, that's there's there's just that element of it that it it's that epic big screen blockbuster event regardless mm-hmm. of what the movie is and where the other yeah definitely so when you watch the re-releases since you were probably young enough you probably weren't one of those fans that were <laughs> outraged at the cgi you you just enjoyed them for what they were uh it was middle of the ground or middle of the road i think there was parts where you look at it and go it was more the story that got mm-hmm. me. Like I wasn't ten when it came out, but I wasn't like you know forty and all up in arms. <laughs> um, it was a middle of the road experience. It was okay, and I think with age, it definitely like you look at it and go, uh, yeah, 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 it's okay. <laughs> like you know the you can't fault the actors and you can't fault the, the there was too much. They they were focused too much. They, they didn't allow the movie to breathe. It was just like you know, political intrigue and, and claiming it was for kids, but it really, you know, a kid would fall asleep in it, I would think, if if you didn't have enough of the other stuff going on. <laughs> you know, the pod race was awesome. There was a lot of great, there were a lot of great pieces, but when it came together, it just didn't quite have what it needed. You know, it didn't, it didn't feel like a Star Wars movie, and I don't, I, that that's not the right way to state it, but it was, you walked out, and I was like, yeah, it was an okay movie, but, it, you know, there was something missing. Mm. I guess if that makes sense maybe but like I said I watched them all together so even the prequels right they've all kind of felt like Star Wars to me because I'm as far as I don't remember but Phantom Menace might have been the first one I ever saw that so makes sense. well then that definitely sets your it sets your your tone definitely yeah and yeah. you do find that Depending upon, because I'll always ask, because I have a lot of friends that didn't see the Star Wars trilogy, or the Star Wars, the six of them, until much, much later. And you can always tell if someone watches it one through six, or four, five, six, one, two, three, you know, which ones they prefer. And kind of or the six, way that five, they four. Go. Yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's just, you know, it's, uh, it's important to go back in time, you know, it's, uh, it sets your tone. <laughs> But um, yeah, no, I think I think um, the way you watch it, it definitely confirms one way or the other. Because you go, 
if you're raised where your first experience is the prequel trilogy, there's a certain standard of animation, of storytelling, and then you go back to the original trilogy, it's all practical, so you can have a different standard of um, special effects, a different standard of storytelling, different mm -hmm. characters, different ways of interacting. I mean, if you took Star Wars off of them and just let them be trilogies themselves, you wouldn't put them together, I don't think. They do each have a very distinct flavor. They do, very much. And I think I read at one point that like Lucas wanted to make sure that they were distinct. Like they wanted, he wanted to tell different kinds of stories. Like the mm -hmm. original trilogy was, you know, action adventure, based off of you know stuff of the like the serials of the forties. Mm -hmm. Whereas the uh, prequel trilogy was meant to be more like intrigue, political, not political, but like you know procedural kind of a thing. Which I'm not sure how that works with child friendly drama or child friendly, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it is kind of weird that, that how much political stuff was in a movie that was mostly marketed to kids oh yeah i mean i wasn't i wasn't a little kid i was a young teenager when when i saw that one so it it I, it didn't bother me but like all of my brothers watched it i think at the same time and we all liked it so yeah, i i it, it was a few years before i fully understood what, what was happening with all the political stuff i had to like really think about it yeah to figure it all out because it is kind of a it is kind of a tangled mess of politics. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think too, I guess from a, um, a not a stereotype, a um, metaphorical perspective, the um, original trilogy is said to be quite quite stacked with with symbolism as well. But it's not like it comes out and and hits mm -hmm. in the face and says this is this is what this is by any stretch. Yeah. It's like uh, it's shiny. You can kind of see and you can see bits in there, but it's not you know in your face so yeah it's more it's more for people to kind of think about and figure out exactly rather and than people, yeah right coming right out and saying it exactly and it definitely plays to uh you know you can kind of see whatever message you want to see in it you know mm -hmm. you know because that's kind of what movies are about to some extent especially ones of that era yeah they kind of naturally things of the 70s and 80s seem to have a lot of that like well, you can see things in it, you know, do you choose to see this element or do you choose to see that element? Or do you see, choose to see this thing that's way over there in left field, but you still see it, so. Mm-hmm. I feel like they don't make movies too much like that. Like, a lot of times the, people put their messages front and center these days, it seems like. Oh, yeah. They, they don't tend to be real, uh, real subtle sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But different era, different, different audiences, you know, I... I think they cater more, and that's in some ways good, in some ways not so much. Mm -hmm. You know, the, subtlety is always good, but if you're trying to make a specific message, subtlety has limits too. You know, it's yeah. like what, as a director or as a writer, what are you looking for with your movie? So, different perspectives. Mm -hmm. in very, very, very different times. Well, one other thing that I wanted to talk about before we move on to Empire was... I found these things on Disney Plus, and I guess I shouldn't say I found them because I think I found them like right after they were released. I just didn't know that they were coming out. <laughs> <laughs> There's two series called Star Wars Biomes and Star Wars Vehicle Flythroughs, and these are basically something that I wanted when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
because oh, did 100%. I remember watching the different movies and then on I think it was on starwars.com they had like the Star Wars data bank mm-hmm. and I would go on there and I would just read about all the ships and all the species and all the aliens and the creatures and I I wanted some sort of a documentary like I I legitimately would think how cool it would be if they all of this stuff that I was reading was like on screen so I could see all these creatures moving and doing all these things and these aren't like creatures but I'm hoping that someday that will lead into that. Oh, I think they will. I mean, one thing Disney does, both for good and for bad, is they <laughs> yeah. know how to... Oh, what's a, what's a nice way of saying it? <laughs> um, well, that, this is probably about, not the nicest way, but I'm thinking, like, milk the franchise. <laughs> I was going to say exploit, but... Um, and, and exploitation is both good and bad. There, there are points yeah. at which... You know, things you didn't know that you wanted. Like, you know, I never know that I needed to know about the Mandalorians. But you know what? It's been a pleasure learning about the Mandalorians. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's probably the most Star Wars, like, cool Star Wars thing that's come out in the past however many years. So, It is up there. Yes. But you should see Clone Wars. It is moving up my list <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> so, Star Wars vehicle fly-throughs, there's only two right now. There's the Millennium Falcon and a Star Destroyer. And I've heard that there's more coming, so these are the shortest things. And basically it's just a camera flying around and through these ships. There's like minimal score, minimal sound effects. Although on the Star Destroyer one, there's this alarm thing that's like really unsettling (laughs) that I really liked. (laughs) (laughs) Is it going to be your new ringtone? I don't know. I think it should be. <laughs> that would be an interesting ringtone. I don't usually <laughs> use ringtones, but I could have it on for Maybe like the very then? rare instance that I use a ringtone. You, you could use it as an alarm. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, middle of the night, boom. <laughs> yeah, that would be a way to wake up. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and the fly-throughs and... Honestly, I preferred the Falcon one to the Star Destroyer, but, you know, given it's kind of, it would be kind of hard to do a Star Destroyer, like to create those environments without going into massive amounts of work to do it, especially mm-hmm. in areas that you don't see. But like the level of detail on the Falcon, you know, you look at like a Star Trek ship and you don't really get the sense that it's been used. Like it's so pristine. Yeah. Like the Falcon and regarded it's an old ship. It's you know, you know, run by guys that are, you know, they're not exactly the most, you know, hygienic, I guess. But if <laughs> and they're smuggling like, things through from like desert planets and stuff, so exactly, exactly. dust is going to get in. Oh yeah, well, and everything is scuffed and battle scarred and you know greasy and it feels lived in. Yeah. And the things that you don't see, like the the little button details, like the console, you know, you never get up and close on the details. So the people that did Mm -hmm. the production design to do all of that work just for the sake of having it there. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. And I love that we're now getting a way to see that kind of detail. Oh, yeah. Very much so. And again, the Star Destroyer one, it was cool, but, you know, it's it there wasn't the level of stuff. And there obviously couldn't be because it's a different kind of ship and... Mm-hmm. You know, how do you show a details on a ship that large? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure there's tons of stuff inside Star Destroyer that nobody's ever even thought about. <laughs> oh, yeah. Agreed. The one thing I found funny, and it's obviously, it's just something, you know, it's like you look in the clouds and see a bunny. 
but there was an exterior shot that showed you the top and it kind of looked like Optimus Prime. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that I really liked about the Star Destroyer one was just the ambiance inside the ship because it just had those subtle sound effects. Oh, it yeah. sounded so like 70s 80s sci-fi and it was just so it was just so quiet and i don't know the air moving through it mixed with those i, re- I just really liked the ambiance inside the star destroyer agreed very much so like it had that feeling of just like you, you just you can see the detail work that went into it i know it's it's sterile and clinically you know it's 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 built to be a thing of war and that's kind of it mm-hmm and whoever, um, I'm assuming, and I guess from a from a logical perspective, like I know that this that the um, Millennium Falcon is set up down at down at Disney World, but is there an in like a the inside of a Star Destroyer down there too? I don't know. I've never been to either Disney World or Disneyland, so okay. I'd, I've never been to their Star Wars displays. But that would be cool. I don't think that they were like the second because obviously the the Falcon was um was real because it's it's set up down there. But I wasn't sure mm-hmm. with the Star Destroyer, everything looked real like it didn't look computer generated. I'm assuming that it was computer generated, just because. Well, maybe I suppose they could have had some sets that they could reuse from the movies. Yeah, I but I'm assuming a lot of it was still computer generated. They probably had models left over from the most recent trilogy. Yeah. Well, but I don't know for sure. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, well, they recreated part of it for the, um, when they did the Kylo Ren uh, Saturday Night Live skits. They recreated part <laughs> of the set for, for that here, I mean, yeah. last year or the year before. So, grand scheme, I'm sure it's not, especially pulling down the kind of money that Disney has, I'm sure it wasn't all that difficult <laughs> to put something together. No, probably not. <laughs> and you were talking about the uh, 70s, 80s sound effects. They had the the in-depth graphic schematics that they used um, back in the original movies. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all the, I loved all the little details. Oh, yeah. So, since they have only two out, is there anything specific that you would personally want to see them do? Hmm. I would love, and I know it probably more falls under biome, but I would love to see Cloud City. And that's not necessarily oh, a ship, yeah. but that would be so cool. Uh, my, I, I have a couple that I want to see, but mine kind of falls into that gray area because, well, the first one I want to see is the ghost from Star Wars Rebels. I think that would be cool. The ship is called the ghost. Nice. And the other one is the Colossus from Star Wars Resistance, which is another animated series. And that's kind of in a gray area because it's sort of... Uh, it's sort of a landing platform on an ocean planet. Although, spoiler alert, it turns out it's actually a ship too. Gasp. But for the for the you most destroyed Star Wars for me. I can never <laughs> I can never talk about Star Wars again. <laughs> for the first half of the series, it's just this landing platform on an ocean planet. And that's something that I would like love to see them explore. You get some exploration in different episodes. Like there's some episodes that go below the decks and there's like these turtle-like aliens that kind of keep everything running below decks. And I just think it would be really cool to do some more in-depth exploration of both that ship, the Colossus, and then the ghost from Star Wars Rebels. Nice. So it's kind of like the landing platform on Camino, maybe? A little bit? 
Yeah, kind of, except I think it's probably, it might be bigger than that. Because okay. it does turn out that it's a ship, and part of it's underwater. Like, there's this whole thing down on, down below the ocean that is revealed when it comes out. Cool. Well, darn it, now that's something else i got to add to my list. <laughs> yeah, that's another one that people gave up too quickly on, and I, I probably was one, even though I didn't, like, fully give up on it, it just was not a priority for me, because the animation style was so different. It was, they were trying to make it look like a specific type of anime, and I don't remember which anime they were trying to make it look like, but it just looks so completely different that it was a bit of a turnoff and it was a little bit sillier than I was expecting it to be at the beginning. But now that I'm back into it, it's it's getting better and better and darker and darker, just like the others. So I, I not that I gave up, but I should have made it a higher priority earlier. Oh, that's fair. And then the other one, it's sort of, it's... I. I think that they're going to make more. It's Star Wars Biomes. Right now, it's just one long special. The others were like two really short episodes. Mm-hmm. And this one is my favorite. I loved it. Cool. <laughs> this one, it reminds me of... It, it, this is different, but on Disney+, Plus, there's a show called Zenimation, which they take scenes from different Disney movies... And they, like, strip them down to just, like, sound effects and ambient noise. There's no dialogue, no music. It's just, you're just watching for the visuals and the sounds. And it's just so chill and cool. Nice. And that's what this reminded me of. Although, I did find something, and then it turned out later, because I went back to vehicle fly-throughs, there's actually sort of a secret voiceover that you can get really yes so i was i don't know why i thought of it because i was watching this and i was like i wish i had some sort of context as to especially because i wanted to remember of course everybody knows hoth and tatooine but then we got to Mm -hmm. sorgan from mandalorian and Mm -hmm. i couldn't remember the name of the planet i was like i wish i could remember the name i wish there was like some way to get somebody that would tell me which planet this is Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, I knew which planet it was, but I didn't remember right. the name. And then, just out of, for some reason, I thought to check, like, you know where they have the closed captions and the mm-hmm. language? I was like, maybe there's, like, a, a secret commentary, like, under languages. And all I saw was, like, the English for visually impaired people. Mm-hmm. But I turned that on, and there's, like, a whole soundtrack that you can listen to of somebody describing everything, telling you about the planets... And oh, even cool. even like little details, like the one one line in the, on Sorgan talking about the village farmers use the krill to brew a drink called spotchka, <laughs> which is something that you're not going to get just watching it. So it's no. like there's two shows in one almost. Like you get almost this little documentary, and then you also get this like chill out, watch these cool scenes. That is neat. So yeah, it's just it was really cool, and I'm glad I found that thing because. Now, it's really neat to watch it both ways. So if somebody has watched this and didn't know about that, go back and turn on like the English description, like on where the close, where you find the closed captioning. It's it's really cool, and you can do that on vehicle flythroughs. It's on both of them. Nice. And then at the end, it said narrated by Jamie Treacher, and I don't know who that is, but I recognize the name, and he's an English actor. So it, they like got a legitimate actor to narrate these things. Wow awesome yeah 
I was looking at like uh, crate. Like I think that was probably that and um Octu were my faves or uh, uh the mm-hmm. island that that Luke was on. I can never pronounce that properly. I think it's Octu. Octu. Yeah. The um like just the crate looked like such a like it looked like a painting that you'd see in like a modern mm-hmm. art gallery. Yeah. Like I'd hang that on my wall. It was so cool. Yeah. Oh, I I love crate. Mhm. And then um I've actually been on boat trips past um the island that was used for Octu. Oh. It's called Skelling Michael, and it's just off the uh, yeah. western coast of Ireland. And it's just, it's epic in person. And mm-hmm. just to see, like, the, the flyover of that was just, uh, it was awesome. Yeah, that's one of those places that's, like, a bucket list place. I really want to go there. Oh, yeah. Well, and that whole, like, you go to the west coast, of, and not that it's the same because it's not where they film, but the whole west coast is like that. It's just mm-hmm. epic and cool and like all the little um, beehive huts and all that stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, that was that was pretty freaking awesome. So, yeah, I I want to someday when I have money, I want to do like some sort of a European trip and go to all these different places that I've only ever seen in like movies and documentaries. <laughs> now, there's a lot of neat ones, and they they know how to film them. They definitely know how mm-hmm. to how to film them. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, even Vader's palace, like on Mustafar, yeah. that was that was, for me, it was a little too long on each place, but I didn't feel that with Mustafar, like because you do, like it actively engages you, and there's something to see, and I don't know, it just it struck mm-hmm. me differently. It's kind of slow pulling up, but I like that it kind of reveals all the rivers behind, yeah. like converging Darren. into the palace. Yeah, well, that that definitely is where it shines. I think. Yeah, the biomes. It's. That one I feel like has the most potential. Like, I mean, they all would have potential if they wanted to, like, do droids and creatures and species. But the biomes, there's, like, there are so many Star Wars planets. Oh, yeah. And I feel like they could really go crazy with the, with their imaginations. Like, they don't have to stick just to ones from the movies. They could do the TV shows. They could do things from the books. Mm-hmm. That would be so cool to, like, get a glimpse of things that maybe you've only read about or seen like a glimpse of in a graphic novel. Exactly. I, or you I only love have that. Own... Oh yeah. Or you only have like the worded description of it. Yeah. It almost like the whole biome thing. Like have you ever seen the the flyover shows on like um I'm trying to think like Discovery or like the Smithsonian Channel or things like that. It kind of had that feel. Like the mm. music it was such the um the way it flew over like it was a continuous flyover of one planet and then it was mm-hmm. the next one and then the next one. And you kind of see th- saw things in action, like we got to see the ATAT walkers and the natural habitat, mm-hmm. you know, as a herd of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think that I thought that was really interesting. Like, there's so much because I know as a kid, like I, I think something like that would really appeal to a kid too, because mm-hmm. like you see these things, but you're always so uptight on them. Like whether you're talking the ships or the planets, mm-hmm. and you're able to see further back. And see what's around them. Yeah. Like some of the stuff, um, especially on the Falcon from the vehicle uh, fly-throughs, they gave you all this detail and you saw all of this stuff outside of like the really tight shots on actors. Mm-hmm. Like seeing the buttons on the Hollow uh, game was incredibly cool. Like that was just like, yeah. oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that, that was something that I was looking, I was curious if they were going to have like the little pieces in, mm-hmm. I think it's called Dejeric. Yeah, yep. And I was looking for the pieces, but then it kind of went around the table and you saw all these buttons that it's like, 
I I always wondered how they played this game, yep. and now you know because we saw it in this little special. Exactly. Well, and even the top of the uh, falcon had like battle scarring. Yeah. Like, and those are things that, as, and I believe again, I think that's at at Disney World. But you know, unless you were like flying over, you would never see that detail. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd see the guns and stuff, but the the battle scarring on the on the top of it, you'd never see that unless you saw it from above. So. In future biome episodes, which I'm sure they're going to make more, are there any places that you want to go? Oh, man. Honestly. So, like, Tatooine was a little bit disappointing for me because, like, I wanted to see Jabba's Palace. I wanted to see the mm-hmm. Sarlacc. I wanted to see Mos Eisley or um, Anchorhead. There was so much stuff that yeah. would have been neat to see. Or even, like, Hoth or Hoth, you know, seeing the rebel base. Yeah. You know? But I mean, that's you kind of start someplace and then you grow from there. So yeah, I feel like they could almost do like a whole special on each planet because, like, think about Naboo because Naboo is one of those planets where there's a lot of different biomes on Naboo. Oh yeah, because you've got underwater, you've got the palace, like the I don't know what the palace biome would be in, but it's like a lush river planet, river setting and then you've got the jungles like there's so much you could do there Mm -hmm. even something like the aftermath at at jakku i mean there's so many crashed like the the um the star destroyers crashed there the there's so much there's so much there you know or yeah um uh where did the uh the one death star crash i can't think of the name of the planet that wasn't jakku right that was just star destroyers that crashed there right yeah, are you Wherever, talking about from the first movie or the or the third? Uh, I mean, third movie, fourth to, or sixth. What, whatever. So in the last, in Rise of Skywalker, they yeah, have to the go ocean to... planet. It was it was a moon, but I don't remember which moon it was. Right, like even that would have yeah. been cool to see, like the the scattering of debris and kind of the, you know, the different things that were there. Yeah. You could do a crossover, biome and vehicle fly-through, fly-through the crash (laughs) ship. (laughs) Oh, hey, look, there's the charred remains of the Emperor. (laughs) I think the place, the the first place that popped into my head when I was thinking of what I would want to see, if I could, I'm not sure if I'm remembering the exact name of it. I think it's called Felucia. It was only glimpsed briefly in episode three during order 66 i think it's where i think i think it i think it's where i think her name was ayla sakura was killed it's like a there's like giant flowers yeah you're right you're right i i just want to know more about that planet i think it would be so cool to like explore that and see what all giant plants are on that planet oh yeah well and i guarantee you there would be a ton of them so probably yeah or even like genosis would be so interesting oh yeah the hives yeah yeah there's so many places they could go i i really hope that they release another one soon i'm sure so i I want more (laughs) (laughs) well and that's the thing with disney i mean they know how to they know how to do that like that's that's kind of their stock and trade and they know how to pace themselves to build anticipation (laughs) oh yeah very much so that without doubt so so I think other than these two, the thing that I want the most is probably 
documentaries about animals. Like, I think it would be cool to learn about the different, like, sentient species, too. Mm -hmm. But I just, I love the variety of creatures that are in Star Wars. And I, that was my favorite thing when I was a kid. That's the main thing that I would go on the Star Wars databank for. Like, I'd go, I'd read about the ships and the other species, too. But, like, the creatures were my favorite thing. And I, I really want some sort of a documentary that just explores the life cycles of all these different <laughs> creatures across the galaxy. I, I would just like to know what the heck Yoda is. They still haven't <laughs> said what the heck. Like, all this time, we've seen two, well, three um, yeah. of his species. Uh-huh. And we've no- and maybe someone has brought it to light, but I'm really far behind on stuff, so I have no, no idea. But we we don't know, and not that it matters, like a name isn't going to change your understanding, but like yeah. a home planet or, or are they manifested out of the force? Because obviously, you know... Grogu, Yada, and Yoda are all incredibly strong in the Force, so, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things, I feel like I read somewhere that George Lucas, may, I don't know if he knows what he wants them called, but, like, he didn't want it to be said because he liked it being a mystery. I can see that. <laughs> I don't know, so, I just kind of feel like when they brought out Grogu, it's kind of like, uh, you're bringing this to light, you know, you're bringing back interest, people mm-hmm. are going to want to know I mean, at some point, because, you know, people have, you know, in-depth schematics of where all the bathrooms are on the Death Star. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure <laughs> but they'd want to know, you know, what, you know, that that's one of the great mysteries of Star Wars is what the heck is Yoda? Uh-huh. I mean, if they're going to explore that anywhere, the Mandalorian is the place to do it since they have a oh, little yeah. baby. Yes, they do. So. Or a 50-year-old baby. <laughs> Well, you know, everybody grows differently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to each their own. <laughs> um, I had a thought, and I can't remember what it was. Oh, I, I, you know what I'd like to see? I, I want to see Max Rebo, Max Rebo's band have, like, a solid album that get, comes out and, like, <laughs> makes the top ten, you know, Billboard's top ten or something. That's a special they should do, a concert. Yes. Live at Jabba's Palace. <laughs> <laughs> That would be amazing. Yes, yes. Like dancing, um, dancing girls, and like you know, the ranker gets a couple breaks to eat, and you know, <laughs> eat a couple dancing girls. Exactly. <laughs> you know, Salacious Crumb is sitting back there, like the 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 two, um, uh, Walford and St- or Stafford and can't think of the Sattler other. Sattler and Waldorf. Yeah, you know, they're just sitting back there going, Yee! <laughs> different hacks. He could be like, um. Ah, oh, crap, I'm drawing a blank. Simon Cowell. He could be like Simon Cowell. <laughs> Regular talent show. <laughs> he he would have control of the trap door to the Rancor. Like, if he doesn't like an act, he hits the button. <laughs> exactly. I like it. I think we should do that. But that would be amazing. That's such a great idea. Somebody, <laughs> I hope somebody at Disney's listening to this podcast and they... <laughs> take that idea all credit to jonathan <laughs> i mean you came up with the album idea yeah but it was on your podcast so i think it's it's your it's your baby baby okay it was a joint effort <laughs> yes yes <laughs> yeah there's just so many different little special ideas that they could go with for disney plus i i love the potential that these have oh yeah well and not to not to put too fine a point on it but the ideas could be as varied as the Star Wars holiday special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I've like I said, I've never seen that, but I've read things about it, and it's cer- they certainly went in a whole bunch of varied directions with uh, that thing. Uh, <laughs> it, it was made in the seventies, and it shows. And I'm trying to think what the actual quote was, but at the time, George Lucas tried to say, and I don't know if he didn't. I can't remember what the trivia was around it, like if he had the ability to, like, approve it or what what the deal was. But he said that he, because it was obviously recorded and it was never meant to be seen outside of the live broadcast. But every single um, tape copy, he said he was going to track down if he had the money, destroy every single one of them, and get rid of it from the public conscious. I don't think that worked. Nope, not really. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that I have a copy from somewhere that somebody sent me. Oh, I've got so... like... I've never watched it. Like I said, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm pretty sure on some hard drive somewhere, oh, yeah. I think I have a copy. So I don't think he was able to destroy them all. No, not really. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the star power, too, at the time, I mean, there were some pretty good-sized celebrities for that era, but yeah. that's another story for another day. <laughs> it, it kind of ranks right up there with, like, uh, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. <laughs> like, it is that level of crazy. I can believe it. I, I've read some things that happened in, in it that's oh, yeah. just like, where did this idea come from? <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure drugs were involved, or uh, <laughs> I don't know. Some There was something going on beyond like the normal realm of thinking. I don't know if you'd call it inspiration or uh, t- desperation. <laughs> um, sometimes one brings on the other. Oh, so. 100%. <laughs> that's like half of my college papers were written like the day before (laughs) and a lot of times i would still get a's on them i feel like i do my best writing with severe pressure (laughs) which is probably not a good thing but (laughs) i think if it gets you where you need to go you know sometimes it's like when sometimes when your first idea is your best idea i mean i would say it kind of falls into that realm really that happens to me too many times like i Like, even on simple things, like taking a picture, like I want to photograph something, I take a ton of pictures, and then I go through them all, and like, the first one I took is the one I'm going with, so I I spent all that time taking all these extras for nothing. (laughs) Well, the one good thing about that is we've moved to the point where you don't have to develop them all to see what you have. Oh, yes. I'm glad we don't do that anymore. (laughs) Agreed. Yeah, when I first started photography started photography i was eight hey (laughs) it still counts it still counts (laughs) that that i remember taking the roles to be developed so yeah yeah. that was i was always so excited to waiting for that to come back and then half of them looked horrible (laughs) like why do i have 10 pictures of my feet i don't understand (laughs) that was my first trip to ireland i think i had like 25 or 30 rolls of film and like to get them developed was insanely expensive i had to do it like five at a time because i didn't have like the money to do them all oh wow yeah yeah i I suffered for my art (laughs) i'm glad that by the time that i started taking more serious pictures we'd moved into digital (laughs) a lot cheaper (laughs) yes very much very much Anyways, that's kind of a tangent. We should probably bring this part to a close and move on to, like, the main event, talking yes. about Empire Strikes Back. Yes. Woohoo! I do love me some Empire. <laughs> well, I guess we can do a sign-off here and then okay. move on. 
So before we move on to the next one, do you want to let people know where they can find you if they want more from you? Certainly. Uh, so you can <laughs> you can check me out at uh, on YouTube at Trivial Theater, and that's theater spelled E-R, not R-E, because honestly, I'm just not that fancy. Um, <laughs> but you can also find me on Twitter at Trivia underscore Chick, and that's Chick without a K. So um, stop by, say hi. I do random, obscure, and straight-up bad movie reviews. Um, the Star Wars holiday special is right up my alley. So <laughs> if you like that, you'll like what I do. Okay, and I'll have all those linked below. Woohoo! <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Disney Movie Marathon. If you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or to our YouTube channel. Make sure to follow my co-hosts as well, and if you want more content from us, check out one of the other podcasts in the iHeartMovies podcast network, or check out my brand new Patreon. My link tree, as well as any other relevant links, will be in the description. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.